Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Here we are back at it again, more than 100 episodes which makes us bona fide experts. And I'm here with the bona fide Bob Bickford here in South Carolina, the Palmetto or Palmetto. Palmetto. Palmetto State. And I'm excited, man. We've got tomorrow to go with the bees some barbecue. Yeah. And a big old revitalization summit with our buddy James Nugent. It's going to be great. I'm excited to be here. James has done phenomenal work with the South Carolina Baptists and some of our best partners are here in South Carolina. We're thankful for James and Johnny Rombo, Craig Tuck, Bob, Bob Loman. Is he in South Carolina? He's a Metro. I don't know if he's in North Carolina. He's a Carolinian. He is Carolinian. So I'm going to count him. Yeah. <laughs> so if we're going to do that, we'll just go and throw Walker in. Walker Armstrong, the Velvet Hammer. Yep. The Velvet Hammer himself. Yeah. And we're coming off of the the crash from the party of 100 episodes. It was uh, if you weren't there, we only sent out special invites yes. to the VIP guests. Very exclusive. It was a super exclusive rooftop event. Almost nobody knew about it, <laughs> <laughs> including me. <laughs> so here, here's what I think would be a fun thing for us to talk to, and, and let's let's milk the 100 idea just just a little further if you'll if you'll indulge me i'll indulge you okay so here's what i want to talk about today bob if you were to go back and start again i'm not asking you to so don't don't <laughs> don't freak out i kind of want to can i hit the okay. reset, reset yeah the just button. hit a reset yeah start so here we go if you hit a reset button yeah what would you make sure that you did in your first 100 days I want to start out with one thing not to do. Okay. Because here's what here's some a lesson I I carried over an idea. You know, when we make metaphors or we carry things from one area of the world to another, we should probably make sure that it should go that direction from one thing to another. That's appropriate to carry into the new yeah. situation. So I have a restaurant background and in the restaurant world, there's literally maybe nothing more important than your first one hundred days. Your first 100 days will decide a lot on whether the restaurant's going to make it or not. Much like a replant, it really takes about three years or so, but those first 100 days really set the ground. So I had that was my mindset coming in. And so we moved from New Orleans, Louisiana to Jacksonville, Florida, and I literally looked at Audrea, and she was on board. She was supportive. She agreed. And I said, hey, babe, I'll see you in 100 days. Oh, gosh. <laughs> And I slept at the same house that my family slept at. But man, I woke up at 5 a.m., did my quiet time, and then left before everybody was awake. I was having dinner with a church member every night or in the community with somebody, sharing the gospel with somebody, doing something. And I was intentionally doing that. And it, it certainly helped create a little bit of momentum and energy. But the, the way that 100 days timed out for us was my wife and I's 10-year anniversary. Okay which we had pre-planned was going to be at Disney World because that's where we went on our honeymoon 
And so we've decided every 10 years, we're going back to Disney World and we're going to do the the picture, right? We're going to do all the pictures we By took. By the castle? Well, yeah, whatever, no, like whatever pictures we took on our honeymoon, oh, we're oh, recre- oh, we okay. recreate them. Oh, I got you. Okay. So, and right. we bought the same frame and everything. Okay. So we've all got right. a 10-year, nice. 20's coming up not too far from now. Yeah. So we'll do that. We'll do it again. We'll have a, the honeymoon, the 10 years, the 20 years, right? <laughs> so here's the problem, though. We go on this 10-year anniversary trip to Disney World, and it took it took like four days for my adrenaline to come down. Oh no! Like I could not. Like she was so excited about going on the Lazy River, bro. That was torture. <laughs> I I I had no idea how to how to just sit in a tube, and she made me leave my phone at the at the little thing I couldn't bring it with me mm-hmm. and and so we're sitting in that lazy river for like 20 minutes and I'm, I'm keeping a cool face man because it's 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 anniversary and I'm trying to just make sure she knows she matters to me more than this ministry but internally I was struggling it was really hard so don't don't ignore your family in the first 100 days so we're just gonna start with that one okay that's good advice so we get the big the big rock in the jar and now we're gonna put the other big rocks in the jar and then fill it with sand and fill it with water. Is that what we do? Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's honestly, man, that's a great analogy. If you don't know what he's talking about, figure it out. <laughs> yeah, a, YouTube it and you'll see, YouTube a pa- it. you'll see about 45,000 pastors that did that illustration. I saw that as a teenager, man, and it impacted me. It was ping pong balls. Okay. But it impacted me. I was yeah. like, man, that was a good way to show. There you go. Getting oh, your priorities okay. right. All right, so first 100 days, here's one of the big rocks, all right? You've already put the don't leave your family, don't ignore your family for the first 100 days. Yeah. Let me, let me go to the positive side of things. Please do. I think you need to have as much face time and fun time and fellowship time with the church, not just a couple of people in the church, but as many people in the church as mm-hmm. you can get. You just need to have fun. Yeah. You need to get to know each other. You need to build relational connections. And as a replanner, let me tell you, that can be hard, and here's why. In a replant, if it's been in, for, in decline for more than five years, 10 years, 20 years, 25 years, you're gonna have a lot of dysfunctional people in your church that don't know how to do relationship. And it's gonna feel like the awkward middle school dance. Yeah. And it will be weird and it will feel funny and you will go, what in the world have I done <laughs> right in coming here? But you know what? You're just gonna have to have fun and you're gonna have to get with people. And I think you need to do that. It's, it's so important to realize that the difference between starting a restaurant and a replant is you have to really actually pastor these people yes. and, and care about them. Yeah. And, you, and you don't get to fire the bus boy if he's slow. You you have to love that bus boy. And, and so going in knowing that this, this is a relational role that you're playing and you cannot come in with strategy over relationship. You can't do that. That's a mistake I made. And so spend that face time, spend time in homes if you can, but not so much that you're outside of your own home all the time. While you're doing that, I think it would also be important to identify who are the power brokers, the influencers, the the top five people mm-hmm. that if they make a decision on how they feel about you, there's gonna be some people who are gonna fall in line with their decision and their opinion on you or the direction that you're taking things. Absolutely. So I want to break this down in a couple of ways. One is I want to say you've just identified the directional influencers, and they influence the direction of the church by their permission, by their endorsement, all those sorts of things. And so you need to, to understand who are those people when, when there's a decision to be made, 
they're the people that are looked at in the room. Like they're kind of the last, may they not speak first, mm -hmm. may speak last, but it's everybody doesn't say anything until that person has spoken or, or you realize they're the gatekeeper on this. Here's another influencer that I overlooked. There's usually inside the church an emotional influencer. Yeah. So replanters are all about change and they want to see things move forward. And here's what I underestimated and ignored, I think. I didn't realize who the emotional influencers of the church were. Mm. And emotional influencers are not always positive, right? And so an emotional influencer can take the couple old ladies that are upset about something, somebody who has questions about something, and then they can feel like they've got to take on that emotion and they've got to shepherd those people and be an advocate for those people. And so because they're upset, they upset the entire congregation. And I ran into that and that was one of the most difficult things that I completely underestimated it. And we had a person who was appeared to be somebody who would really have a lot to contribute towards our replant, but they were an emotional influencer and they got off track and they took all of the, the frustrations and the concerns of the people mm. and they began to just influence the entire congregation. Yeah. And by saying things like, well, you know, I think a few people are upset about yeah. such and such. And so what happened is, man, that just began to spread through our congregation, even into Jimbo, the core group that came with us to replant. Mm -hmm. And so that emotional influencer even influenced them in a not so positive way. Essentially what we're talking about is the characteristic or competency of organizational awareness. Mm -hmm. And so we define that as a replanter or revitalizer with organizational awareness is adept at understanding how power dynamics work within the church, the anticipating how changes would be received, recognizing where change may produce friction and showing an awareness of how current practice and changes affected their position within the community in which they served. Mm -hmm. And so the other part of organizational awareness that we haven't talked about that I think is important to learn in that first 100 days is the profile of the community. Uh, obviously demographics help, which you can reach out to Double Doc. Double Doc. You can, on our website, there's a free demographics request report thing that you can click and that'll, that'll get you in touch with the best demographic missiologist that has ever existed <laughs> the double doc josh dryer now he really is very good and he'll work with you to figure out how to serve your church but not just but here's the thing the demographics are helpful and i read demographic reports and all those things in my first 100 days but that does not replace the need to put some some feet on pavement and walk around the community walk around the neighborhood talk to business owners, talk to people who live in that community. And there's an opportunity you have in those first 100 days that you don't really have after that. To say the phrase, with at least with integrity, you shouldn't say this after that, too much after that, hey, I'm new here, and the new pastor at this church, in this community right here, yes, that one, yes, we're still open, yeah, they still do things there. And at that church, hey, I just wanna ask you, a couple questions I would ask, just conversationally, I would say, Hey, good to meet you, new pastor in town at such and such church. Hey, I just, I just wanna ask you, because you know this community better than I do, if our church were gonna serve this community in some meaningful way, and you got to decide what that was, what would it be? Mm -hmm. And you get to hear from them what their felt needs are, what they think the community really needs in that moment, and that gives you great opportunities to get to know them better, to have conversations with them, to share the gospel with them, to invite them to church. I mean, I had some very fruitful time pounding the pavement in those first hundred days that really helped shape a lot of things, missional direction for our church, 
and some great relationships, people who got saved. And man, it helps. It is helpful for a replant to get somebody in the water. Oh, yeah. To, to celebrate uh, a new life in, in Christ. And that, man, it's just shot in the arm for a congregation, especially if they haven't seen that in a long time. And so I, I would put a priority on pounding the pavement as that part of organizational awareness uh, of getting to know. What what else would you look to in those first 100 days, Bob? Yeah, I want to go real simple and real practical here. I, I want to suggest that in the first 100 days, you need to change something that's physical in a visible way. Mm-hmm. Right? So... That means so remove the flags, <laughs> throw the pulpit away, and get rid of the remembrance table. Yeah, get rid of the history room and the, all the, the china. That's, and the that's what I'm up. hearing you say. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jimbo, you're not quite hearing me. Here's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, now, you could do all that, but then you would be done in your first 100 days, at yes. the end of your 100 days. And if that's your goal, maybe you should <laughs> try all those things. But one of the, the simple things that you can do is... If you need to paint a kid's classroom or the kid's hallway, or you need to, uh, you know, freshen up the lobby for the guests who are going to come in, do something physical that's visible, mm-hmm. right? I, I was noticing, and I, I think I texted this to you, there was a recently an organizational leader that was entering a new realm of leadership, and he took a picture of their facility. And outside their facility, the first thing I noticed, you know what I noticed about the facility? And I said, Jimbo, the, the bushes in front of the facility that had been planted there 25 years ago, like were covering almost the entire facility. It looked overgrown, nobody trimmed them, etc. And here's the deal. Everybody, had, everybody drove into that place, that organization, and... They just got used to it, right? Yeah. And they just needed to be either trimmed really good or taken completely out or freshened up. You know what? There's a lot of churches that same thing. Oh, we like, had that. We had that yeah. same exactly. We had to take all the bushes out from the front of the sanctuary right there by oh, yeah. the street. We had to take them all. They were all massive. Yeah. They turned into trees. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so for us in our lobby, here's what we had. And I don't know if you've ever seen this at a church, but back in the day, uh, church softball was really big and I think there's no better place to like lose your witness and possibly your salvation I don't believe you can lose your salvation but, <laughs> but if I did you could lose it playing church softball so anyway our church played softball we had all these softball trophies in our lobby in a trophy case I'm not sure why we needed them there I'm not sure what that did I'm not sure what a visitor coming into the facility would think and so I just like you know what I think we could probably clear these out Yeah, and make some space and let's put up like a bulletin board that talks about the new things we're doing and all that stuff. So we did that and then we also painted some of the kids' classrooms because we all of a sudden started having kids and yeah. those classrooms need to be painted. Yeah. And so we got everybody together and we did that and it wasn't one of those things necessarily that caused everybody to be in an uproar. But it was something that we could all do and then when everybody walked in the building, they saw something new. And don't underestimate the power of, of something visible that is new to help your congregation think, all right, we're making some changes. I think part of that is even letting the congregation be a part of that process of telling them, Absolutely. hey, here's what we're going to do. And we're going to do this because we're moving forward. And let's take it a step further. I think it wouldn't be a really bad idea at all in the first 100 days to have a work day. Yeah. Right? Let's, let's have a work day. And, and you with your outside eyes, because you're new and you're not nose blind, you come in with a legal pad, just walk around the whole place, 
and make a list of easy tasks, right? Easy things. Maybe it's just trash pickup. Maybe it's painting a couple of rooms. Maybe it's pressure washing a sidewalk. Something that doesn't require a licensed insured contractor. <laughs> or, or a permit. Or a permit, right? Something something simple, something easy, and and say, hey, here are all the projects I want to see us get done on a work day. And then hopefully you have partner churches, mother churches, they could even come in as well. It can be a relationship building time, have dinner on the grounds afterwards, have pizza or something. It can serve a lot of the same things that we've been talking about, doing a work day and letting them be a part of that process and own the future of the church. You know, one of the things I think about as, as I was thinking about walking around the community is the old Black Bee, look for where God's already at work. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love the posture of that mentality of not assuming that you're bringing God into that community. Right. Recognizing that God's already at work. Already there. And let's see what he's doing. What is he up to, right? What are are nonprofit, Christ-based organizations that maybe are already doing something there? Parachurches, other churches. What's, you know, there's, I guarantee you there's something. There's something that, and, and to ask God to show that to you, walk around, pray, and spend time asking God to show you those things. I think all of this culminates how, though, Bob. So, yeah. we, so we've, we've got this 100 days, and we've started to plan out a lot of these things. What would be the best way to cap that off? So if you've had a small child in your home who has completed their first 100 days of school, you may do something like this. You may get 100 cotton balls and glue them on a piece of paper. Mm. Right? You may get 100 pennies and put them in a jar. On, a, on like a day 100 of preschool, they dress yeah. up like old people. <laughs> I've never seen that. You've never seen that? No, oh, no, it's no. so it's a new trend, and I Here, love it. Here's the, I'm here for it. Okay. Here's what my daughter did. We lived in Corpus Christi, Texas, and it was 100 days, and she glued 100 pieces of macaroni to a piece of construction paper. I like that. All right. Well, I don't know about your family, but you know where every craft that a kid did in Sunday school or preschool or kindergarten went. Well, Jimbo, in ours, in our home, it always went on top of the fridge, right? It disappeared up there. Like, if you've ever watched Toy Story, you remember Wheezy the penguin who, who squeaker? <laughs> who, who was broken? And Woody got put on the shelf, right? So anyways, like that. But Jimbo, you know what happened in Corpus Christi? There was a mouse that started eating the macaroni off of the oh, off of no. the uh, construction paper, and we we heard this noise, and I'm going somewhere with this, but we heard this noise, and and we didn't know what it was, and so walked into the kitchen, turned the light on, the noise would stop. Leave the kitchen, turn the light off, the noise would resume, and so finally I I got a little flashlight, and I looked up on the fridge, and I I came face to face with that little mouse. Ooh, yeah. Did you jump? No, I'm not afraid of him. Oh, okay. No, I went, I went to the 24-hour Walmart. I got some peanut butter in a trap, and I trapped that mouse, and my wife was happy. Then we could sleep that night, Jimbo. Yeah. It was a really good yeah. thing. What am I saying all this for? You need to have, at the end of your 100 days, something to commemorate those 100 days. Should everybody dress up like old people? <laughs> no, because they're already old. <laughs> they're, 
You don't have to dress up. <laughs> Maybe if you've got some younger folks that are See, Look, you just got to Google. It's going to make oh, your heart happy. <laughs> it's going to make your heart happy. If you just Google 100th day of school, all right, kids all right. dress up, and you see all these little kids dressed up like old people. Well, Jim Bob, I'm getting older. I don't know if I like that idea or not. So <laughs> I'm, all, I'm halfway there, but oh, we're over halfway. So well, here's what I'd do. I'd, I'd have a family meeting of the church, and I'd look back on our 100 days, and I'd celebrate that together, and I'd have people share things and share testimonies. And then, Jim, I think I would probably identify three or four or five things that I would do to say from that 100 days. Guys, here's what I've noticed. Here's what some of the leaders have talked about. Here's what some of the deacons have talked about. Here's what some of the, the, the folks that are involved in leadership in our church have talked about. And these are the three or four things that we're going to focus on over the next season of ministry together. And then I would spend the rest of my time just talking about those, leveraging those, and moving towards the accomplishment of those. And then when we could check one off the list, I think I would do that on a Sunday morning. We'd celebrate it, you know, check it off the list, and then move on to the next one. And I, I think the early wins that you can celebrate like that together in those first 100 days, if you walked in there and did those things, I think it would be really incredibly helpful and, and I think it would reduce this, the sense of anxiety because mm-hmm. it's stuff that you're working on together. I love that. Don't let it just end at the 100 days. Let it lead to, mm-hmm. hey, what are, where are we going from here? What are realistic next steps that we can take together? Communicate those. Over-communicate those. When you feel like you have said them too many times, you have people have started to hear you. I think that's one of the hardest parts about leadership. Just in, and this is not this is not specific to replanting. Is is it? Man, you have to communicate mm-hmm. important things. You have to communicate them over and over and over and over and over again in those first one hundred days. Here's a, here's another thing. I would I was just I was just thinking of a resource as we were talking about this. Our buddy Kenneth Priest with Southern Baptist Texas has these preaching point processes, and he has a whole sermon series if you're looking for a guide a way to do that of he has the bible in 100 days it gives you a a, a preaching plan and some sermon-based small group stuff to go with that you can do the bible in 100 days you could do the launch series that he has if you're thinking about here's the you don't have to use his but i would recommend doing something intentional in the pulpit in those first 100 days Mm -hmm. there's a plan for those first 100 days and i would recommend that you that you attempt sermon-based small groups during that first 100 days. And here's why I'd say it is I do think there is a discipleship benefit to that. And if you'll say, hey, we're going to do this for the first 100 days, you're not saying we're throwing away everything you've ever loved about Sunday school. You're saying, hey, for 100 days, will you help me? And we're going to focus on this because we're doing this for 100 days. And it gives you an opportunity to beta test that process and see if you like it and see if it's effective for your church. But just get everybody. Unity is the key, man. If you look at Ephesians 4 and and you look at what I, I, I think Ephesians 4 has the blueprint for church revitalization, church health for us, then unity. Is, is such a key, key part of that passage. And things like that, it just helps people get all on the same page together. All right, first 100 days, some of the things we talked about, spent FaceTime relationally with church members. While you're spending FaceTime with people in the church, 
don't ignore your family don't forsake your time with your family invest heavily i would even say in your family figure out ways to be strategic about the time that you do have with them even though it's going to be a busy season for you identify influencers within the church the power dynamics the emotional influencers what what are those things what are the landmines that you need to know about as you're having those conversations try to try to mine that out what are, what are the landmines that you need to be careful of Survey your community, pound the pavement, man. Get out there, get to know people, talk to them, share the gospel, and get things figured out. What you what what the missional situation there is using demographic reports can help you with that as well. Look and see what God's already doing in the community. Make some sort of simple visual renovation. Maybe even have the church be a part of that process through a work day mm-hmm. and those sorts of things. And then cap that off with a celebration, family meeting. That's not just a family meeting celebrating the first 100 days, but it gives next steps. Here are things we've observed in the first 100 days. Man, that's a pretty ambitious list that we put together. It is. And so you and I could, you know, we could just spin up a ton of things that you could do in the first 100 days. So what I would say is if, if you listen to that list and you could only do four of those things, just only do four. Yeah. Right. Because you get another hundred. Yeah. <laughs> and you get another hundred. And it's just figure out what your first hundred days is going to look like. Write it down. And then every Monday when you walk into the office, you know, before that Monday, game plan it all out. But then the next Monday you meet. And then if you grab some leaders and your deacons, every meeting that you have, just talk about where you're at in those first hundred days and celebrate it and enjoy it. And then here's what I would also say. Expect some of it to look really good on paper and be really bad in practice. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. So if you're if you're a driven perfectionist like myself, just realize that it's going to be a lot different in your mind than it actually is going to be when you work it out. Oh, but yeah. celebrate the fact that you're just getting people to, together to do something, and that's probably more than they did prior to you coming there. That's a great word. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.